Moves and counter moves, my friends. This was an incredible issue, too. I can't even... I can't say anything before we dive in because I have so much to say. Uh-oh. Welcome to the X-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. And I have crossed a threshold into a new world of obsession because I have about three pages of notes for this issue. I have compiled a new spreadsheet. Spreadsheet. You said that via text this afternoon and I got so excited because it was digital. Yeah, but that's different. Okay, so it's a spreadsheet of Sinister Secret. Well, I'm not going to write out every single Sinister Secret and hang it up and then write down what I think it means. But if there is a Sinister Secret that I think applies to something else, I may put that on an index card and put that on a murder board. I'm not knocking the murder board. You just, it's more my speed is what I'm saying. Spreadsheets are for organization. Murder boards are for processing. All right. Anyway, Inferno. Yeah. Number two. Wah, wah, wee, wah. Yeah, I don't, um, I have news, but we can save it because we're going to do another episode. I think this is going to be a lengthy, get comfy episode. I don't think it's going to be that long. You think so? I have three pages of notes. All right. (laughs) Maybe it'll be regular. Maybe I'm wrong. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. You got to start with that cover. And it all depends on like which cover you have. Because there are so many of them. And so many of them are Emma. Oh, most of them are Emma. Uh, rightfully so. I guess, yeah. There's There was one Mystique, which you know might have been uh, made sense to uh, yes, yes, some more Mystiques. Yes, yes, that does but, mistake. Uh, that does mistake. And then there was one Magneto one that was actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But this one, this one of Emma holding the helmets. The A cover. In her diamond form. I mean, I thought this cover was... You know, amazing. When I first looked at it, it it said to me, your time is over, gentlemen. But now, but now, (laughs) it still says that. Probably. It's Emma's turn. I think it's definitely leaning that way, but we'll get into that when we get into it. I don't feel that you're, I don't feel your level of hype about this right now is the same as my level of hype because you bring in too much that i'm not ready for because i've never done this i know and so i don't know what i don't know what my role is now what do you mean no 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 (laughs) no. where my place is do it your place is right where it was you can still lead us through the issue i just have specific things that i want to say if they don't get brought up and or to add to what you bring up i'm not taking over i'm just much more prepared you're emma right now yeah you're holding the helmets of the helmet bros. Does that make you helm- both of the helmet bros? I'll, I'll do that. All right. Shall I'll we be, dive I'll, in? I'll be Magneto and Xavier. Ugh, Xavier. Shall we dive in? Yep. Page turn noise. See what I really am. Omega Sentinel. This is the second issue in a row for Inferno with quotes by Omega Sentinel. Oh, interesting. I didn't pro- I didn't uh, put those two things together. Ah, oh, gotta, see? Got to do notes across issues. See, you're still on top of the game here. <laughs> I will say, though, when I, I got a little spooked yeah. when I read this, and then even more spooked when, you read the when page. it comes across in the issue. Right, because and we still don't have an it's answer. It's not clear as to what it is 
yet to be discovered. Dun, dun, dun. Immediately into our title page. Inferno issue two. Again, no real title, but you get the same tiny types. The Books of Destiny, Autumn, Winter, Spring, Summer. Written by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Stefano Caselli. Color art by David Curiel. Letters by Joe Sabino. I have to say, right? So the little squares that tell you, like, who's in this issue? I mentioned, I think it was the last episode, that I generally don't like to look at them because I don't like spoilers, right? But then I was like, well, I got to look at this one. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, Professor X, Magneto, Moira X, Mystique, Destiny. That's it? It's just those five in this issue? But that's not true. It's not necessarily all of the people. It's the heavy hitters, though. Yeah, but then you go to an issue like Sword, and they have 467 squares on the first page. That was a big issue. Anyway, let's get into it. These three pages. Whoa, whoa, whoa. These three pages. So, you know how Marvel normally reveals a few pages beforehand? Yes. For this, they didn't. They were like, you just got to figure it out. We don't need to hype Inferno. You know that you're here if you're here for it. And if they did, I assume that these would have been the three pages. And Mm. I'm glad that they did not share these beforehand. Yeah. Because these are huge. This is a big turn from last issue's setup. Yeah. I logged into the Marvel app on Wednesday morning to Mm -hmm. get the cover images for social media posts. And I normally check out the preview pages. And I saw these three pages. And, oh, it was it was a hard time not just buying that issue digitally and reading through the rest of it. No. And I I saw these three. Well, if you if you follow us on Instagram, you may have seen my initial reaction to these three pages because Justin was secretly recording me while I was reading the issue. And I was pretty speechless because, one, to quote Justin from last week, it feels so good to be right. Mm-hmm. And two, just the way that they're set up, this this like, we're not going to put any words on here. We're just going to show you with pictures. And what we're showing you is that Mystique is revealed to have been the major player that went to Magneto's octopus base, went to Sinister to retrieve Destiny's DNA as Magneto and as Charles Xavier. Yes. And here's the thing. This moment comes up, the Magneto moment comes up in the trial of Magneto. So it's an interesting timeline that they give us here, right? Because you said that the trial of Magneto happens before Inferno, Mm -hmm. right? So trial wraps up, Inferno starts. This opening of this book gives us a four-week time frame. So this... For me, for a person who likes timelines, that tells me that the events of Trial of Magneto happen for about four weeks before where we're at right now with Inferno. Like about a month has gone by. And also I wonder if that then means, like how does this event actually tie into what's going on with Wanda or does it at all? Yeah. And it was just like in there as a insert of more information for inferno when inferno comes along i don't know but yeah this definitely backfills some information and i love the way that when she's transforming into magneto 
his form is on one side of her and then when she's transforming into Charles it's on the other side so there's this like split screen of like one half of her is Charles one half of her is Magneto Mm. so that was an interesting detail she's all helmet bro and then there's Sinister that smile on Sinister's face has all new meaning now (laughs) yeah because he's seeing through Mystique's shapeshift no, I think he knows. I think he just knows. Like they've well, been right. They so are he in knows, but he no. No, they're not in cahoots because she lies to him about it later on. But he can see through the fact that that he knows that that's not Xavier. What do you mean she lies to about him about it? Later on in the issue, she denies the fact that this is her. Oh, well, I took that more as like a sarcastic, like you don't know anything. About, you know, when someone's like, pretend you don't know anything about this, and they're like, know anything about what? Hmm. I took it like that, but it's pretty clear. Like he knows. That it's Mystique or that it's not Charles because of the way he says, look at you playing a part as always. Just seems like even later when he says, you know, some people think they're clever and then there's us like him and Mystique are in on what's going on in this moment, I believe. Yeah. And and, he's recently salty after his clone farm has been destroyed. So he is. Willing to play along with it because something's up. Mm-hmm. And then there's the five who yeah. are straight up fooled. Hope and Cerebro. The professor's watching. We got to we gotta do big stuff. Yeah. This is suspicious, obviously, seeing it from our side. But the fact that Xavier, for this very particular thing, for this mutant that has never been allowed previously to be resurrected... Oh hey, Hope. Do you wanna do you wanna do the honors for your first ever resurrection? Yeah, but see, like as Hope, I would be like, you know, Xavier does shady business that he like keeps things under wraps for himself from time to time, and you know, with everything with X Force and like, no, 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 don't ask any questions. Like Beast can do whatever he wants, and they have special authority to resurrect this person or do that. Like I feel, yes, from the outside, it's definitely suspect, but. From inside, they're probably like just Xavier being Xavier. And then also for Hope having, I think, being distracted by the fact that she's now being allowed to do this thing. It's just sort of like, whoa, okay. Yeah. And the thing that confuses me is, so what we've seen in other issues, right? So this takes place, let's say, a month ago in continuity. Mm -hmm. So this is where Hope gets her Cerebro helmet to resurrect Gabby. Mm-hmm. in new mutants because yes. she now has she it. done it and that's also where they're saying the five runs resurrection and when she's mouthing off back to xavier and trial of magneto so all that happens after what happened here yes so i guess maybe trial of magneto happens like somewhere in the three to two well, weeks yeah prior you right. know and my question is where like Hope is all sorts of happy and, and appreciative and, and like, oh, Xavier, thank you so much. Like, where does it turn? Because she's out on an Xavier in all those other instances. She is just, whatever, old man. Like, we do this. We're running it. You, you, you're going to just do whatever you want in someone's mind? Mm. I, don't, I don't get that difference of reaction between those two points. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know either. But I did, I was thinking this is, this was her turning point of saying like, oh, I don't actually need Charles. Like I can do this. Yeah, but at the same time, he, he showed you and, and coached, he quote unquote, because it's mystique, but. Right, right. 
But I just mean like maybe that starts to trigger like, oh, wow, like after, you know, like, oh, wow, I did that. Like, mm. I can do this and I'm actually more powerful than I think. Which I don't, I think I said this again in the New Mutants episode. I didn't know that Hope was a telepath and I don't think that she is. And and she's the, the idea that of her power is that she mimics other people's powers. So to be able to do this, she would need to be near a telepath, which... She's not. And and can she not can, sense that? Or? Does Mystique take on the powers of the people that That's, she... I don't think. Because my initial reaction was like, oh, Mystique can't do this. So she needs Hope to do it. Right. Interesting. I don't know. I just assumed that Hope was a telepath because I don't know things. <laughs> power manipulation, power mimicry, power regulation... Psychic energy and undetectability. There's no real, there's no explicit reference of her being a telepath. Hmm. Maybe it has something to do with Cerebro itself. Like maybe she can mimic the power of Cerebro, not mm. necessarily the power of Charles. No, I don't, I don't know. Cause Cerebro doesn't necessarily have power. It's like a cataloging system. It's, hmm. And there's nothing in Mystique's profile that says that she's able to replicate the powers of the people that she met, that she transforms into. Well, maybe it'll be explained or maybe we have to suspend our disbelief. Yeah, maybe. But either way, it's really bold of Mystique to oh, yeah. just turn back to herself just because the five sort of started walking away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go celebrate. Get out of here. I'm, I'm going to... I need to be with my wife. My newly minted wife that is at the same age that I met her. A little special treat for you and me. I love getting this this detail of character. The, the No page in this book seems wasted at all. It's mm -hmm. all building yeah. character. It's all building plot. Things that have already been in effect and it's getting revealed. It feels like Destiny's not going anywhere. The fact that she gets, and, and I mean that she'll survive this event mm. and she's being set up to be around for a little while Yeah, to be resurrected at the age that she met. So she is now at her prime age, right? She was a much older woman when she passed away. Yeah. Does she rapidly age? No. Okay. Because in that sinister, so the reason I started making this spreadsheet about sinister secrets is because there's one that I thought reflected I'd been talking to somebody about it on Instagram that reflected this DNA canister swap, right? And in that one, it uses a word, progerian, this progerian mutant. And mm -hmm. I looked it up and progerian means that you're caused to age rapidly. Like there's a, there's a disease called progeria that is like children who rapidly age. So I wasn't sure if that was like part of what makes Destiny Destiny or if maybe that's not, maybe that Sinister Secret isn't related to this at all. Yeah, I don't know. And there's going to be some other kind of DNA swappage going on or there has been at some point. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, that's not something of Destiny in that she ages older. It, her and Mystique met at a seemingly much younger age and then mystique does not age as a normal person mm. interesting and in that return we get this um we get this 
condensed version of their love story reconnecting, which I thought was really, really great. Like this made this feel like a love story. Yeah. And I also feel like I didn't, I don't have a lot of character connection to Mystique. Like I know the things about it, right? Like I know she's part of, she was the part of the brotherhood and like she was a bad guy. And I know what I know from her in the movies, which is whatever it is, questionable. Yep. And, but I haven't, and aside from her, like, side eye and her sassy moments in Krakoa, like, I haven't seen much from Mystique or I haven't gotten access to much, like, character building for her. So this whole section about her and the way that she's changed since the last time her and Destiny were together and how she thought she was, like, fine with that, but then that, like, broke her down. You know, that was, for me, a really cool connecting moment to see Mystique as a more full person than just a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely, and she definitely has a lot more depth in this book and in this title. Mm. And it feels as though up until this point, it's just been, give me back my wife. I want my wife. But now the ramifications of that and the effects that that has had over time are much more clear. Yeah. Mystique had changed since they last met. Destiny had not. What has happened to you? What have you done? What have you become? So Destiny died in Uncanny X-Men number 255 that came out in 1989. And so all the things that have happened to Mystique, that was probably when they were together and with the Brotherhood, that was probably the most solid that Mystique had been. She was even a good guy, quote unquote, you know, mm. working for Freedom for Force. Government. Right, yeah, which we were talking about. With the Trial of Magneto episode with uh, from the Claremont run with House of X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they've got a plan now. they got a plan. After Week a month. brought a plan. And a vote. And, and these, a council oh, meeting. Yeah. Charles right now is a quiet, enraged parent whisper screaming threats at their child. I, I called him a puffer fish. And oh. he's like terrified, so he's puffing up. Because he, he doesn't know how to act right now. Yeah, I just so I got this this parent vibe, you know. And once we finish this vote, we're gonna have another one. And then Mystique's just, oh yeah, Dad, what's that gonna be about? What are you, what are you gonna do with that vote? Destiny, would you like for me to tell you how it's going to go? Yeah, obviously, Charles Moving and Magneto on. vote no. Obviously, Storm as well. Nightcrawler. Wait, can we first talk about Charles's vote for just a hot second? Because he says, "I vote no," and I encourage you all to do the same. Yep. Or what, Charles? Or what? This is the council. I will not be encouraged to vote in any way. I will vote how I want to vote. It's the problem when you think you are the king, but you're really one part of a ten-piece government system. Yeah. But as you were saying, Kurt. Kurt blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. Sure, the motivations of making his mom happy, okay. And I guess he has no real reason to suspect and not resurrect her. And then I, I started to think about it. It connects to the conversations that he had with Legion in Way of X, not trusting Charles, the fact that precogs hadn't been getting resurrected, asking who controls the queue for resurrection, yeah, that's true. And all of that kind of added that up to think, okay, maybe this is why Kurt is out on Xavier and unsure if if what his views and intentions are for the best. Right. And I 
thought about this a little bit later, but I feel like it's good to bring up now is that if you think about it, the ar- the argument is like, oh, don't bring Destiny back, right? Why? Don't let Destiny on the council. Why? Yeah, None of no- these people have a good reason. And if exactly. you're going to be like, oh, because she used to be a bad guy. Well, let's go through the council for a hot second. Everyone. Like Magneto, Mystique, Sinister, Emma, Shaw, Exodus. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Who, like... Xavier. <laughs> he's a different kind of bad guy. You know what I mean? But, like... There's no there's, there's no, no reason clear to say, reason like, to not trust be right on the council. So I do think that the part that Xavier says we should question this how she was resurrected, who oversaw it, and then dismisses those questions as well. We got to go on with the vote. That was a little uh, that's convenient because that those are some big questions, mm-hmm. but also not public knowledge as to what would be preventing her from being resurrected. Right, and do they? But they don't. They don't want to answer those questions because then they would have to say their their Admit reasons why, right? They can't they can't question someone on why did you do this and not go back on well why wouldn't you let me? Right, Exodus, the most character motivation development he's gotten in the entire era. And you know, I like, I think it makes sense. Like, if you're gonna say to Exodus, Exodus is always like. He's really there for the good of the nation and all this stuff. And then you're going to say, well, I can, I have someone who could tell us like what's going to happen. What's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Get them on board. I need to have a reason. And that reason must be grounded in the promise of Krakoa. You promise that not only it's the best intentions for the future of Krakoa, but that it comes from mutant power. Yeah. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm into that. I'm in. These, these flashback sequences. They're so dope. As... Mystique essentially buys the vote from each of the members. Yeah. Like this argument with Sinister. Well, why should I? Well, because someone else is going to tell you you shouldn't. Because Xavier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to do what Xavier and Magneto want you to do. Yeah. And his laugh. (laughs) Well argued. (laughs) Yeah. He's just like, okay, yes. That makes perfect sense. This mustache, though. What's going on, Sinister? I don't know. I don't know. And and I would agree and connect back to that fact that he's been shut down by Emma and the others and will basically do anything to go against who's been preventing his actions. Mm. Maybe he sees he'd be able to get away with it if Mystique is either in charge or has a sway vote. Yeah, maybe. I don't... I strongly dislike this Kate moment. Why? Because I don't like, well, I don't like the way she's drawn. I don't, I guess I don't know anything about Kate and Destiny's relationship, but I just feel like the characteristics I've seen of Kate thus far are very much like, well, we, we should do what we need to do and not what just what you think is right, Charles. And I don't. This the way that she says. There's no way I'm, in hell I'm voting for this. Absolutely not. Like I just don't know why she's so 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 against it. Because she sees, and especially this across from Mystique. Like this is a play by Mystique. This is a full on move by Mystique, and she's entrusted. And while she may question Charles to no end, she would back Aurora in a heartbeat. And mm. Aurora. Led the charge on that, yeah. Yeah, okay, I guess I see that. I think it's more the the way that it comes across with the art is that she's like, 
like a pouty child and not like she's suspicious. Yeah. And so that's how I read it of her being like, oh, I don't want to do this and not like, I don't trust you. And so maybe that's that's yeah. why I was like, I don't I don't know how I feel about that vote. Uh, she plays Shaw. She mm. promised everything each of them wanted. But the way that this this is written to just the we're tied four to four, Shaw, that got me so good. Like, oh, yeah, you're going to look to Shaw to what sway the vote in your direction. Do you think that's going to happen? No. And then, yes, exactly what you're saying. Gave each of them what they wanted. I love that Shaw is fencing with forearm. So he's got two appearances in one week. That's kind of impressive. But I'm assuming that it's not Saucier because the size and man's a chef, not a fencer. Mm. Well, could just be like. The size one, though. Oh. The, the physicality. It, it I looks thought like, you meant like the size. <sighs> no. <laughs> I know for a fact that Emma's going to vote against it, even though she buys Emma's vote on the next page. However, I did think that because of what she said to Shaw, I thought that in this exchange of her buying Emma's vote that she was going to be buying Emma to say no in that like, listen, I like she has a deck stacked, but she needs to still make it look fair. So mm-hmm. she needs Emma to vote no. Like that's what was going through my head when I was reading this. Like, oh, okay, you're going to get Emma to vote no because you need to have so many no's. So it doesn't look like you swayed the vote. Uh, it doesn't matter. But, it doesn't matter if you swayed the vote. As long as all that matters is what gets recorded as the final. Hmm. What could this possibly be in the black box? Well, we know where the black box came from. Right. Because. Emma wanted bad. Right. And she so, was searching for it at the gala. Yep. And so the people that attended the gala, I, I think from, from Turkey or, or Yeah, it's it's a it's a um hold on because I bookmarked the page. And this page that it appears in X Men number twenty one is the first time those people and this object have ever appeared. So I'm hoping this really isn't just a cheap throwaway and has some narrative weight later on. Well, it's a nameless city of a hidden society. So we don't really ever know where it is. But we do know that the name of the box, the Kara Kutuka, I don't think I'm saying that right. Kutuka, that means black box in in Turkish. Turkish. So that gives you like, maybe it's from Turkey. Right. But I have to tell you, as a person who like loves to figure things out, I got so excited when I was looking back at this issue and I was like, oh, that's that box. That's how she knew because and I personally got excited about it because I was going through all the Hellfire Gala issues. And I know I had that down as a moment where Mystique was like eavesdropping in on that on that conversation so she knew what was up and she was like okay if i want emma on my side i have to get what's in this box which just makes you think how long has she been playing this right and my question again so not only what is this but what could it be that emma wants so much and also mystique has no problem giving it to her that Mm. it's got to be something of value that emma wants or needs but Mystique knows what it is because she's now stolen it and is okay with giving it over to Emma. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. But that's honestly part of why I wanted to continue to go through the Sinister Secrets to see if there was some... Because I think there is one about a box. There is in the Hellfire Gala. Okay. She doesn't have it yet, but one way or another, this mutant 
always, always, always gets what she wants. Will it be given to her or will it have to be taken? Doesn't matter. The real question is, what's in the box? Could it be diamonds or something far more valuable? So that was a sinister secret from the Hellfire Gala. Mm. So you know that's referring to Emma in the box. And that's from the same issue. That's from 21, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm wondering like what else, if there's another one somewhere along the line that talks about it. But the Hellfire Gala seems to be the last of the sinister secrets, I think. I think so too. And it's also the last thing that Hickman wrote. Mm. Not to go too far on a tangent, but there are a couple really interesting sinister secrets in the Hellfire, in that X-Men issue that I would love to talk about at some point in time because after going back and rereading them, I was like, oh, what now? But we'll carry on with Inferno for now. These helmet reflection mic drop moments (laughs) as Destiny is snapping back. So she she obviously gets approved, right? So yes. Emma is the I vote yes, which I suppose means welcome to the Quiet Council, Destiny. Thank you. It feels good to be back. It feels even better to be wanted. That line kind of threw me because I I'm assuming she's just talking about being resurrected, being back, but just as a response to welcome to the Quiet Council, like thank you, it feels good to be back. Like you were never on the Quiet Council before. Back to being or alive. Were you? No, I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, what does that mean? I was Back- getting to a place where I was taking everything super, super literal. So then yeah. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. But I, I'm assuming it just means like good to be resurrected and back in the game. You want to talk about Kate pouty faces? Yeah. But that, she's a little more squinty eyed. Like, what are you up to, right. Emma? Because she thought that Emma had the best interests in mind and is questioning this, which... I mean, unless you just read this exchange from Emma and Mystique, most people on the table are questioning this even later on. Mm-hmm. This is this is another huffy, puffy moment from Charles. Yeah. Now you said something about another vote, Charles. Would you like me to tell you how that one goes? And then, That's enough. We're done for today. We're I, done. I gotta go. I didn't get what I want. Out to the Orcus Forge. We got Oof. two teases over here. This translocator that they're working on, connecting to or through Terra Verde. Yes. Well, I looked up what a node is. Yeah. And a node is is basically a bridge or a branch or something. But in botany, the botany definition of a node is the part of a plant stem from which one or more leaves emerge, often forming a slight swelling or knob. So interestingly enough, Oh my God, we have a node on the plant in the kitchen that I was literally like, what is going on (laughs) with this plant? Why does it have this bubble? And then I looked in it and it has two buds inside the, inside the bubble. That's insane. My brain just connected those two things. But this is basically right. Like this is essentially Orcus using Terra Verdean technology to create their own Krakoan gate. Basically, yeah. And through translocation. And the other question is, what are they trying to either send or send back? Because as we see later on in the issue, they can do teleportation. Well, you they say, I think they say later on in the issue what they're trying to send. Right. Yeah. I do think this is like, it's an interesting perspective of, you know, we always think of Orcus as the bad guy. Right. Because they're the villain to us being on the side of mutants. But there's this moment of 
you know, that's okay. Yeah. We tried hard and we got a little bit further, but don't, we're we're still learning. We're just trying to do the best we can and we don't get unlimited lives. So a little progress is perfect. And just this silhouette of Nimrod just like looming and watching them. Learning, running simulations as Omega Sentinel calls him out on. Yeah. And I wonder if that's like pushing him faster to become Nimrod the Lesser. Like he's he's um, enhancing himself at a more rapid speed than everyone thinks he is. Right. And how is that just him intuitively upgrading himself? Mm. What is he supposed to recognize and know or see in Omega Sentinel? Yeah. The fact that she is essentially the first human-machine hybrid of what would later become the future of Homo Novissimo, right? This this mm-hmm. meld between machine and man. She's basically the, the step one of that. Yeah. Crazy. I just want to know what she means so badly, and I feel like I'm not going to find out for at least another month. Yeah, at least, and maybe even longer. Yeah. Oh, and then we have a Moira tantrum. Rightfully she, so. I, I mean, mean, this is this is the reaction I wanted from the council. In that, but then I love the reveal that Mystique has been playing everyone as mm. chess pieces. But Moira is furious. Yeah, she is not okay. Not only is Destiny alive, but she's on the council. Right. But this is where I got to that answer of like when she's like, "How." Why? I'm like, what do you mean, Moira? None of these people know what you all think you know. So why wouldn't they? But why would they? I mean, you have people operating in secret to bring back a mutant that is not a part of any of the resurrection. So there's there's an intent behind that that she's questioning, mm-hmm. right? It's not just... I just feel like there's more to... Yeah, I, I'm just coming from the perspective of like clearly many people are getting throughout the issues it's been building in the background like with the five and with other people that people are getting fed up with Charles and Magneto and how they're doing things. And so when someone else brings something to the table and Charles and Magneto are so clearly against it, there's reason to believe that regardless of how it happened, people are like, okay, well... We we want to show you that you guys are not the only ones in charge here. Mm. I love Magneto's reaction. I do too. Yes, I can, but I will not. Yeah. I will not be murdering anybody for you, Moira. Right. Especially a council member. You know, yeah. Th- this goes back on the ideas of what they've been trying to do. And it raises the question as they're talking later on about bringing someone else in should they have done that previously? Mm. Should it have always been, you know, should you have brought the whole council in on what, what you were trying on? to do? Like you're trying to run a nation as a 12-person team, but it's really just two people with all the knowledge, everyone else in the dark, making decisions without knowing what game they're playing. Yeah. It's interesting because I got like, me and I wrote this too, that maybe it was just like my own little secret hope, but... Do you think Magneto could be getting fed up with this situation and feeling that it's not actually serving Krakoa in the way that it should? 
I don't know. I don't think so, especially after what happens later on, after they bring some of the, the mm. gravity of what we're working towards. Yeah. I just feel like it's a mix between the promise of Krakoa, but also the promise of what happens in the future. And knowing that just having Krakoa doesn't prevent that future, mm-hmm. that working against that future is what they really need to be doing while also building their society. Yeah, I guess like even you just saying that just made me think in my mind about like, what are you doing to work towards like preventing that future to happen? If you're not telling anybody, then nobody is preparing. Which makes it seem like Mystique had been kind of set up to fail, which she calls out at some point. But at the same time, it was Mystique's fault that Nimrod came online because she just stood there and watched as this murder robot came online you had the bomb in your bag, you know, that mm. was X-Men 20. You could have stopped this before it started. What were oh. we waiting for? Mm-hmm. And then this image at the bottom, right, where where Moira is saying, you know, we got to do this thing and they're having the conversation versus someone we trust slash someone who understands the gravity of the situation and they decide they're going to bring Emma in and Moira says, because God knows what Mystique and Destiny are doing right now. And there's this like underwater. This un- Okay. <laughs> um, I was going in more of like, where what is this? Oh. Like, where is this scene that you see? Yeah. This voiceover. That's the no, the, the no place. It seems like it's underneath Krakoa. Mm. Oh, I see. That's a zoomed out. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like, where have I seen this location before? Is that alluding to that's where Mystique and Destiny are, like kind of giving us a little foreshadowing or like, what was that? So that's the no place. Got it. A little triple dose of data pages. The Krakoan Network. So can I bring up another sinister secret right now? Sure. Okay. So this says the island lives, the island hears, right? So one of the Hellfire Gala Sinister Secrets, seducer made an honest man of the island's favorite boy, but what unspoken secrets are coursing through the nervous system of the favorite boy's island friend? Are you listening? I know you are. So this is about, obviously, the whole warlock phalanx situation that's going on Mm -hmm. with Doug and how that's like encrypted in Krakoa and how is that related to Doug's wife whose name I can never remember Bay Bay yeah okay so her and then just this question of are you listening I know you are so Krakoa is always listening but if Krakoa is somehow connected to this phalanx network is the phalanx also listening and that just because this says the island lives the island hears I feel like there's deeper connections to the fact that somehow there's a transcript of their entire conversation just through Krakoa. Not only the just awesome nature of this conversation, but sheer fact that it's recorded it's by recorded. the island. Right. In a, in like in a computer somehow. In a computer. Right. Yeah. And if you look at the tiny type of these two pages, the first one saying great tree, the second one saying great machine or M A C H N. Mm. And the other thing that's interesting is it also says in the tiny type at the top, it says whispers. And there are a handful of sinister secrets that start with whispers. 
Right. Interesting, so, interesting stuff. There is, I mean, and what's questionable is that on the third data page, we have an X-Force mission log. So mm -hmm. there is a log that is being inputted into a computer that is seemingly in the core of Krakoa, mm -hmm. right? So does that connect to the Krakoan network or is the Krakoan network unbeknownst to Sage and know, right? Xavier and... Which is even more sketchy because if they have their own network within Krakoa in this hub, but then there's like an outside network that the Phalanx or the Warlock Krakoa mashup is, like could that infiltrate their right. system? Right. You know, there is technology infused throughout Krakoa, even in the first issue of House of X, mm -hmm. they were able to identify and catalog who was coming through the gate. They're able to track that at all the gates. Speaking of Sage or Mystique. Well, hold on. So first, can we just talk about this conversation? Because this was like, for me, a huge, like a char a classic Charles moment where you see Mystique is talking about how many times she's died and how she doesn't know and how she's like, she brings up that she's been manipulated. And then that, that idea of like being manipulated by the two of them comes up later in the issue with another character. Mm -hmm. So again, just kind of fueling the fire of people feeling the fatigue of what Charles and Magneto are doing. And I, I just, so in this particular one, and I'm not denying that, you know, she might have been killed more times than she's aware of. I just feel like they kind of take that and run with it. And mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, no, it has to be it. And that makes me worried about where that's then fueling other influences, right? So at the first couple of pages of issue one, we see Emma resurrecting Charles and who we think is Magneto as well and kind of taking uh, uh, the spot at the top. And is it because she's been working with Mystique and Destiny to understand that mm. she has been, Mystique has been manipulated and unbeknownst to her. And it's just, I don't know. Interesting. I think it's just an interesting word, right? Because you think about the fact that if you're looking at it from Charles and Magneto's perspective, everything they're doing is for the good of the mutant kind and the good of Krakoa. But because they're not sharing that information with people, they're thinking, oh, we're working together with all of these people. But because all of the other people don't know what they're working towards, it feels like they're being manipulated. Yeah. So it's less so that maybe Charles and Magneto are are killing people more than they say right it's less about that and it's more about the fact that people are starting to realize that those two are not being fully transparent mm -hmm. and so that's causing ill feelings mm -hmm. but yes now we're in paris someone's in paris right so this is the ping that tommy had caught in issue one and then it was prioritized, stay on it, dispatching a team, mm. which was then overridden by Xavier because that area, I believe, is either where Moira came in and out mm -hmm. and also has some connection to Orcus. And it feels so this page where Sage is on security duty, mm -hmm. disappears, Mystique comes back disguised as Sage and finds this log, finds this override, and goes... Wait, that's what was happening? Yes. How do you know? Because on the next page, when she turns from Sage into a man, 
Oh, snap. Yeah, I was very confused. I was thinking like Sage started to get up and then she heard the security thing and then she came back. So like that was not clear to me. But oh, okay. Now she's walking through the gate as Sage. And she even adjusts her voice so that it recognizes her voice command. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because this. So like these these couple of transitions. Yes, now, I got this transition from. But see, I missed this this full to this man. But I got the man to the Orcus person and and going into the facility. But this is happening in Paris. But also, the meeting with Emma is also happening in Paris. Right. So that's odd to me that both of those things are in Paris at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. But inside the Orcus facility, we're back. We got those apes again. We got those apes. Those monkeys. Translocating to the Orcus Forge, it seems. Oh, with a certain Terra Verdian gate. That could potentially transport the sun. Yeah, or the power of the sun or something. That's, I don't, I'm interested in how they're going to wield that. Are they going to then point that at Araco? Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting. But what I did think was sort of an interesting connection is that Destiny is saying earlier in the issue that she can't see the future. There's just like a big bright light and she doesn't know what it is. Or she can't see past it. But what she's actually seeing is the sun. Oh, maybe. And she doesn't know. Yeah. I, I connected it more to her inability to know that Moira's there that's mm. causing disruption and in, in anything that Moira's potentially involved in that we don't know. So or, it's like a possible changing future that she can't quite see because she can't see all the parts. Kind of similar to Days of Future Past where she could not see Kitty. There was a like a vacuum because she was inhabited by her older self. Mm. Interesting. And why is it that Destiny can't see Moira? Is it because there's protections with the no place? Well, it's because she doesn't know that she's alive. And so she has no reason to suspect that Moira is alive and a mutant unless she starts to do these things that creates a possible future. Mm. The actions is the, the plan that they're currently on creating no future at all. And that's what Destiny is seeing, this void, this emptiness of potential Mm. well everybody leaves the louvre and that's a that's a nice trick emma yeah well we've seen these pages before Mm -hmm. it's in the first one right the isn't it in house of x yeah when they're like when they first approach emma yeah and they're kind of laying out the idea of what krakoa is Mm -hmm. and who what isn't this you're moira mctaggart i thought you died you're just some human lady actually well more than that go ahead when when now it kind of clears up that conversation we were having about emma and like when she named the hospital if she was like doing that to be sassy or if she was doing that to be genuine and it seems like it was genuine yeah but it still just doesn't make any sense to me a that she is half aware of who moira is and i think she just dedicated a hospital in her name but also, what is the point of showing it to Magneto? Like Magneto had no connection to Moira mm. other than what we talked about in Trial of Magneto, where she may have influenced his goodwill to be more of a, a hero than his traditional self. Mm. But really, the, the connection was always between Xavier and Moira. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, it still is questionable. I, it seems and it reads, I don't think Emma has any reason to lie about knowing who right. Moira is in this. And I do appreciate this uh, throwback page. Full that's, page. That's just Emma the same way that we see Charles experiencing all of Moira's lives and all of the knowledge. I mean, you take this as a visual cue of the second at least instance of Emma taking the place of Charles in the narrative. Yes. Right? So the first couple of pages of last issue where she's taking the place of Charles in the resurrection mm-hmm. and now taking the place of Charles in the awareness. Mhm. And then this image. So I was trying to go through and see like how many lives we see here and I feel like some of them are doubled up. Yeah. At least So we're not seeing all of them. No, we're not. Two of them are from the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. At least three of them are from her third life. This one, I believe, is the seventh one where she hunts down the Trask family. Mm-hmm. I believe this one in the bottom corner is the first time she opened her mind yes. to Xavier, which is not her tenth life. No, it's when she finds him when she's younger. Right. And I believe that this one is them in the tenth life. Mm. Now. Now, yeah. So there's a lot that she's not seeing, or, or at least or it's, it's just not depicted. depicted that, yeah. How? I, and I do want to question this. I we were talking about it. The the cover. Emma looks very young, mm-hmm. which she is. I think. I think they say she's like 28, yeah, which right. is ridiculous. But how young does Moira look? And that's questionable because Moira has never been resurrected. Moira is likely a contemporary of Xavier's. Mm. I don't know. That's just, just making something. them look hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Basically, it's because the it's women just, the honestly, women are running everything now, and they got to make them all young and hot. It's honestly this thing I saw recently. Like, it's it's all about how not to like com- the comics industry is not doing this. Everyone is doing this. When a woman starts to age, it's like here's this skincare thing, here's this hair dye, here's how you look beautiful and young forever. And when a man starts to age, he's like, here's how you become a silver fox. Here's how you look good as an old person. So, like, men are always allowed to age versus women. Not really allowed to age. You know, that idea. So I think that's kind of where we're like, oh, yeah, they're all the same age, but they need to look young and beautiful. And the men can look distinguished and, like, silver foxes are old men. It just doesn't make any sense, especially seeing them a couple pages later stand next to each other and how much older even in that shot, Magneto and Xavier look next to Moira. Mm-hmm. Oh, but this reaction, oh, yes. Emma's reaction. Emma, 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 get it, get it. Emma, Emma Frost. And to have, all right, so kind of connect back to when they first brought her in, mm-hmm. but didn't actually fully bring her in. Right. That's a manipulation of her. You know, right. we want your power. We want your strength, but we don't want you to play at the big kids table. Right. We're not we going to tell you everything. We're we going to make you think we're telling you everything. Right. We want you to play at this table that you're allowed to. And you can know just about what we want you to know. It's it's a big back and forth because I don't think they would have been able to get where they are currently if everyone knew everything around the table, right? You have too many people around that table that likely should not have that information. Sinister, Shaw. Like those are people that well, are going to do things on their own for their own means. Right. But and, and talking about who's around that table, like 
when they say earlier, when they're talking to Moira, you know, we didn't expect, we, we kind of planned for Nightcrawler to have this sort of reaction. We didn't expect this from Emma. Like that flat out said to me, all right, you know, we were always kind of questioning like how the council was chosen and why it was chosen the way it was chosen. And to me now I'm looking at it going, okay, we were just thinking about how Mystique is stacking the vote but they planned it out so that it would always look fair, but mm-hmm. they would get their way. Right. And now there's these unsuspecting moments. Yeah. Which, I mean, it calls into question why Mystique was ever on the council, you know? Right. I, I just feel like that was suspect to begin with. Well, because keep your enemies close. Sure. But give them power. It's fake power. Yeah. Well, Is it though? What they, <laughs> that's what they thought. Yeah. Right. It just feels like this entire issue is egg on your face Xavier and Magneto Mm -hmm. but just Emma's reaction don't touch me how long has this been going on and I honestly like I wanted to slap Moira in the face when she said you feel left out it's understandable shut up Moira I'm I'm kind of on the same page as Moira though it what does she owe like she's putting a lot into this, into this plan, into all of it. And she didn't trust Emma. The only reason why Emma's been brought in is because Xavier and Magneto wanted to bring her in. Right. So Moira came to Charles because they always had this bond. They were kind of coming up during Oxford. And her plan was to unite these two halves of what seemed to be the whole of mutantdom. Mm-hmm. Emma does kind of straddle that line between representing both sides at different times. But they, as as evidenced by Emma's reaction, they've never really had that closeness, that trust, Moira and Emma. Yeah, no, it's it's less about the relationship between Moira and Emma and more about like that feels like a... She's telling him she's overreacting. Yeah, and but, and I strongly disagree. So I was like, what do you mean like... It made me mad. Yeah, I understand that. But at the same point, I, I feel like I most identify with Magneto's reaction of hopefully she is mad enough, but still understands the gravity of what it is that we're working towards. Mm-hmm. Like this is not personal about your feelings. This is about the future of mutant kind. Right. Which she is now going to be in charge of for the children. Of course, for the children. Diamonds up. Yeah, can't, can't read, read my read mind, my mind no, anymore. I'm out. I'm out. I got all and this information and I'm just, out. Let's just, because it's so good. You've manipulated me for years and now I can see what kind of threat a precog represents. Well, I'm a true mutant and I sit on the council, so I'll give the matter the proper consideration. But my loyalty, you arrogant fools have lost that forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loved it. And so here's the kicker. Not only are these friends like, okay, we need to fill that other spot in the council, but they're going to tell someone else. Hmm? They're saying, I was wrong. And yes, of course, the two of you were right. We're better off with someone we know we can trust. I think that they're referring to the council seat. I don't know that they might be bringing somebody else in, but I feel like that's to continue to help preserve their vote so not tell them everything right that so they didn't just straight up tell no 
I don't think so. <laughs> that that wouldn't make. They didn't any just sense. straight up tell Orcus all of their plans, right? Uh, because then we get the new council meeting and a final vote for our issue. Oof. So now we vote. <laughs> Sinister. I don't like the the way this one looks. No. Yeah, the anger on Emma's face. But she votes yes. She votes yes because she sees the the value in having this person. Yeah. Mystique, not here for it. Kate, yes, of course. Shaw, not having it. Nightcrawler. Of course, Nightcrawler and Storm. I am overjoyed. Yes, as am I. I also vote yes. Oh, do you, Magneto? Do you, Charles? This is your plan. Nope. Destiny's like, this is bad. I, I know this is bad. And then... That last page reveal... Welcome, brother. As Colossus strides into the quiet council chamber, accepting his seat. What everybody thinks is a big, great move forward. In and, him we can trust. And we know... After reading X-Force, this was probably the worst decision you could have made. I literally, when we were, when I was reading this on the couch last night, was like, oh, no, 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 no. Bad idea, guys. Bad idea. This is not going to go well. And, you know, here's a nut. Okay. So then you know that at the end of that last issue X-Force. of X-Force, when Charles comes to the door, it's not it's about not Kayla. About, she, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's, he's about to give you a seat on the like, government table. Do you want to come just like get all the information that you can give? And this little twinkle in his eye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not good, not good, not good, not good. So many things. So many things. I felt like I was hyped about issue one and I felt like this maybe met my expectations for issue two, that it followed up on a ton of things, but gave us so much more to play with. Mm -hmm. There's so many threads in this. This is such a huge story. So much. It's so much. And I actually read it twice. I've read it like four times yeah, because I kept like, on- I read it twice. I kept on trying to take notes and then, no, I just want to read this page. And then I'd read three or four more pages. It's- was incredible there's so many layers to how it changes things in the overall story and moves different people in different directions so the mutants as a whole are losing ground in a number of ways the the country of krakoa is losing ground whether or not they all know it xavier and magneto are definitely losing their control mm -hmm. but krakoa is losing its promise in a sense may i ask you a question yeah in my deep dive after reading this and then starting to just like look through things, more more clues, go look for the sinister secrets. When I was looking through the House of X book, there's in one of the years, probably like year 1000 or something, they're talking about different points. And one of those points is Asteroid K. Do we ever know what Asteroid K is? I believe it's Krakoa. But is it... Krakoa as we know it now or is it another iteration of the island we don't know because this is not this is the first but not the last right or is it not the first but the last I don't know what you're talking about there's a there's someone says something about Krakoa at some point and they're like 
the island of Kakawa, the first, the first, but not the last. I think they're talking about this version of Krakoa and that it's not the only time that it's been created. Maybe it was Destiny. Maybe it was Moira. I can't quite remember. But I was just looking at that going, oh, does the island of Krakoa as we know it on Earth get destroyed? But they they start a new version of that on an asteroid in space. Well, yeah. Well, even when they're in space, there's still remnants of Krakoa as it's merged with Doug, right? You have that tree-looking man that is... Mm. And it says a symbiotic relationship on that data page between Cypher and Krakoa. So mm-hmm. there is an evolution of Krakoa. It's just unsure if that's... I assume that the K stands for Krakoa just because. Yeah. But we don't know. We don't know. Let's talk about this preview image. This is Magneto fighting Nimrod. It's Magneto and Xavier fighting Nimrod because I've seen issue 3's cover. Which, I mean, it's Magneto fighting Nimrod and Xavier standing there doing nothing because it's a robot so what is he really doing other than sticking his hand out it's a ridiculous beautiful cover but ridiculous in concept that's funny is this whole issue made me question a lot of things and and look back at the last month or so of books in different ways and Mm -hmm. and how specific details have now been threaded to have new meaning yeah at what point is mystique starting her plan and is she working with anyone? And at what point did Emma meet with Xavier Magneto? It was after the first vote, but before the second one. Yeah. While, was it while Mystique was also in Paris? And like, okay, so I just, it just really bothers me to know that this image of Magneto taking the helmet is is showing up in Trial of Magneto, but it's also showing up here. Why? Well, we also don't know if that's the same cradle. I guess. I believe this cradle is the one that's at his house. And I don't know if that's the same octopus base. I feel like that is at the house of M as a previously been seen there is a data page from house of x and powers of 10 that details where the five different cradles are located it's also just this image of mystique in the bushes as she's changing into magneto that like or like in the trees why is she in the trees i don't know anyway this is crazy it's crazy. So much has happened. It's crazy. What is the Krakoan for the next issue? Say? Nimrod. Nimrod. He's coming. Any thoughts? Cool. Any questions? Any big reactions? I'm, I mean. I mean, I had a lot of reactions throughout. I did go back and like look at the three previews of our allies can't be trusted, our enemies can't be trusted, and our leaders can't be trusted. And really just tried to look at them a little bit deeper Because so far in this run or this storyline, we haven't really seen Psylocke or Bishop, right? Yeah. Well, they're now both captains. They're both captains, yes. And And so these are this image of our allies. Now all of them have new power. Mm -hmm. But so I was looking at there's one, there's Moira in the middle. And Mystique and Destiny on the outside, which says our enemies can't be trusted. But really, 
like that image kind of makes you feel like oh they're all on the same side but really the two are on the outsides are on one side and then the one in the middle is the other you know and then in our leaders can't be trusted it's the same thing where Emma's on the in the middle and Charles and, and Magneto were on the outside. So it, I was trying to see if there was like some correlation. But then in the third one, Psylocke is in the middle and Colossus and Bishop are on the outside. And so was that just done because she's the female or like, and that's why the layout is like that. I was just trying to think about what kind of relationship it could be because there's a standoff between Emma and Charles and Magneto. And then there's sort of a standoff situation between Moira and Mystique and Destiny. So I was trying to figure out. So I guess that's a question for me. Like really what is the the ties to those other two characters. And how does that relate to these overall promo images. And, and like where that ties in. Because obviously our allies can't be trusted. Ties in with the fact that Colossus is being manipulated right. for him. But I have big questions about. Yeah, the only thing the other that, two. The only thing that we've been revealed on Psylocke is that she's been manipulated by Sinister. And if that's it, I feel like that was already dealt with. Yeah. And how it's affected her might be something, but I feel and like there she, has to be something more. Is she than officially that. out on Sinister now? Right? She left him because she became yeah. a captain and she's like, I'm out. Because that was another Sinister secret at the Hellfire Gala. It was about uh for far too long. They shared an existence. Now the one has become two. The first, a shattered captain of a demanding queen. And the second, a sinister sword under a sinister thumb. So like shattered captain is obviously Betsy because she's stained glass shattered. And Quanon is the other. And then how long will the second stay there? How many more sinister demands will be too many? No one knows, but I think we're getting close. So the only other thing is like maybe something will be revealed that while uh, Psylocke was under Sinister's thumb, she did something else that aided Mystique when they were like working together. You know, Sinister was like, you need to do this too. But I have no idea. And then the only other thing, no, I don't know how Bishop could be involved. So that's that's a question I have is sort of I feel of like there has to, to be those. there has to be something else revealed about Bishop that's why it was set up that he gets that captain commander mm-hmm. position that there's something more that we don't know that we'll find out in the next two issues but we just don't know what it is and we don't right. know a whole lot about Bishop's future. Right. And also I just feel like Moira is still hiding something. Always. But those are my those are my questions. I think, or the things that I have lingering. What about you? I want to know when the next issue comes out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and I want to know what what is the Omega Sentinel really? Yeah. That felt like a really quick but also impactful bit of tease. Yeah, it's very heavy. All right, well, I'm going to keep looking for the rest of those Sinister Secrets. Who knows what they'll reveal, but I'm going to do it. So until next time, old friend. Charles! Change it to Emma. Emma! Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 